Hello and welcome to Talking Ball, the Hyundai A-League podcast and the inaugural episode of such. My name's Ben Cameron um, and over the coming season I'm going to be uh, discussing and debating a number of issues regarding the Hyundai A-League 2012-2013 season. Now in coming weeks I will certainly be joined by some uh, special guests uh, but for this week I am simply flying solo. In this episode we're going to be previewing a number, um, well all of the teams in the Hyundai A-League this season and also looking ahead to the round one matchups which are due to kick off this Friday, so just under four days time now. Um, Starting at the top, our first season preview this uh, year belongs to Adelaide United. Now Adelaide United familiar with probably a lot of our listeners given their involvement in the Asian Champions League over the off-season. They've recruited really well over the off-season. We've got uh, a number of foreign uh, players coming in, Geronimo Newman and also uh, Marcelo Carusca from Argentina. They've recruited a few Gold Coast youngsters in Jake baker Daish and Daniel Bowles. Um, and they've also promoted a couple of their own youth team in uh, T-Boy Camera, Evan Kostopoulos as well. In terms of their releases, they've uh, let Dalewski go to Melbourne Victory, uh, De Silva's been released, Levchenko released, Birigidi's been uh, snapped up by Newcastle Jets. So I think, all in all, Adelaide have recruited a lot better than what they have released this year. In regards to what we can expect from them, I mean, seeing them in the Asian Champions League, they always seem to perform better in the Champions League than they uh, do in the A-League, historically, apart from that probably that first season in the A-League, 2005. Uh, this year, I think I think is really put together a quality squad. There's a lot of depth there. Um, if players like uh, Bruschitte and Dario Vidicic can fire um, along with some of those foreign imports, then I can certainly see Adelaide United being a top four contender. Um, but as is the case with them most years, we could, you know, the same could be said. So um, potential is there for a top four Adelaide United, depending on how much uh, their progression in the Asian Champions League takes out of them, especially over the initial few weeks. Um, but I would expect them to be certainly uh, in finals contention come the end of the year. Uh, defending champions Brisbane Raw would be our second preview this week. Um, Brisbane Raw have sort of flown under the radar a little bit uh, this uh, off-season simply because of some of the high-profile recruits of other teams. Now, in regards to their acquisitions, they've made a few very astute signings. Uh, they've picked up Takahashi, who is a uh, central defender from Japan. They've also picked up... Uh, Dong Hyun from South Korea. Um, he plays down the left wing. Um, only very young, but um, would be a competitor with Rocky Visconti or Thomas Broich down that left flank. Um, well, we'll see how much game time he gets. So, Probably their best off-season signing was Ben Halloran. Obviously a bit of a sensation last year with Gold Coast United. And certainly with the uh, the players which he's going to be surrounded by at Brisbane Raw, we would expect him to um, hopefully go on to bigger and better things. So... There's quite a few um, exciting acquisitions there from from Brisbane. They've let Coffee Danning go to Belgium. Adnan's been released. Uh, Nakajima Faran, who really didn't live up to potential, which was promised at uh, the start of last season, is gone, as is um, Matt Mundy. Now, in regards to what we can expect from Brisbane this year, I mean, we know what to expect from Brisbane. They're going to play attractive football. Rado Vitasic taking over from Ange. Ange is a huge loss for them, mind you. Um, but I... I don't see their style changing a great deal. Vitasic has gone on record as saying he's looking at um, looking at trialling probably the false nine, which we saw from Spain at Euro 2012. However, I, I still think that the fundamental uh, facets of what makes Brisbane Brisbane will be present this year. Other teams obviously know what to expect from this year. 
Um, but at the same time, it, it's very hard to combat what Brisbane bring to the cause. So, I mean, some would argue they haven't acquired as well as some other teams in the off-season. And obviously, losing Postacoglu was a big was a big loss. Um, I would think Brisbane are still going to be in top four, just based on um, the depth of quality which they have. They've they've kept all their big players. They've still got their Broish. They've still got, you know, their Partalus, their Smiths, their uh, Barishas. So. I mean, I think I think those players are too quality for them to be missing out on finals football, and I certainly think they'll be top four, probably even top two come into season. Our third uh, our third preview is the Central Coast Mariners. Now, the Mariners, I mean, that must be heartbreaking for their fans how close they come uh, all the time. Obviously, just missing the grand final uh, last season. In terms of acquisitions, they picked up Nick Montgomery from Sheffield United, who's a bit of a box-to-box midfielder, although I think he'll probably be deployed more defensively um, by Graham Arnold than he was deployed at Sheffield United. There was even talk of him perhaps slotting at central defence, obviously with Wilkinson gone. Um, I don't see that happening. I think they're still going to go with Vance Fike and, and um, perhaps Sainsbury in the middle of defence there. So Montgomery will probably play a defensive holding role. They picked up Sajowski. Um, from China. They've also picked up um, a couple of youth league players from the Mariners in Anthony Caceres, James Oates um, and Mitchell Duke. Now Duke's an exciting one. I haven't seen much of him in pre-season but um, there's been a lot of talk that he could be a bit of an X-factor there. Um, in terms of the outs obviously I've mentioned Alex Williams uh, Wilkinson is gone um, Michalik's also been released so that's probably where Montgomery is coming in to um, fill the void and uh, John Sutton returns after his loan um, has expired. They've also picked up Sam Gallagher for Melbourne Victory. Central Coast this year, again, a lot like Brisbane, we know what to expect from them. Graham Arnold's a fantastic coach, and it was such a huge boost for the Mariners when he turned down the approaches from uh, from Sydney FC to remain there. I think he really does see the benefit in the long-term project, which he's building. Um Again, the Mariners are going to be contenders. They're going to be top four again, as with Brisbane. Um, I think probably themselves, Brisbane and Melbourne Victory, are the three to watch out for this year. Um, So the Mariners, another good season ahead. Hopefully for their fans, they can go one better than they have the last couple of seasons. Third preview is Melbourne Heart. Um, Obviously enjoyed their first season in the A-League last year. They've had a huge turnover, including their coach. Um, Obviously Van Ship's out. In comes uh, John Aloisi to coach the Heart this year, and he has had just a huge squad turnover. I mean, look, looking at some of the outs, he's like Curtis Goodgo, Newcastle United, Hamill's gone, Ellie Babbage is now playing in uh, in Belgrade, Adrian Zara's gone to the Perth, Rooker Worms release, Alex Terra, Sarkis, Ibrahim, Teseski, Macon, Roganovic, Goodwin, um, all these players. It's just a huge turnover. In regards to um, who he's brought in, uh, probably their their best signing of the offseason was bringing in Richard Garcia, obviously the um, the sometime Socceroo from Hull City, and probably playing an attacking midfield role for them. You would expect. They've also signed Josip uh, Tadic um, from Gdansk. He will be um, he should be a quality player. They picked up Golgo Mabratu, Patrick Gerhard, who's central defender. Um, he should fill a hole there left by someone like Curtis Good. They've also picked up Redmayne, uh, the reserve keeper from the Raw last year. Uh, the heart, it's a huge turnover, and it's hard to it's hard to sort of predict um, what sort of effect and how they how these this new squad's going to gel, especially with Aloisi at the helm. I still expect them to be competitive, absolutely. Um, I don't think 
this year they have the quality to max, match the likes of Melbourne Victory, Central Coast Mariners, Brisbane Rule. Uh, I can see them competing on the outskirts of the top six, um, possibly around that fifth, sixth, seventh area. Um, and I think Aloisi will learn from the experience. I think he's he does have the potential to be a great coach, but I don't think this year is going to be um, is going to be fantastic for the Melbourne Heart. Next preview: Melbourne Victory. Uh, the Victory, obviously, their acquisitions have just been amazing in the off season. They've brought in Ange Postecoglou from from uh, Brisbane Roar in the hope that he can rebuild their club a lot like he did to the Roar uh, a few seasons ago. They've had some big outs as well, though. Harry Kuehl they've released, obviously, for personal reasons. Ante Kovic is gone. Hernandez has been released. Brebner's been released. Kemp, Vargas, Pondliak. But in terms of their ins, they've obviously... The highest profile is probably Marcos Flores. They've also made a great signing in Mark Milligan. Um, underrated at times, Milligan. I think he's... Um, a lot of people see him as sort of a, a sometimes defender, but I think he's deployed very well in midfield in the past. So it'll be interesting to see where Postacoglu uses him. Um, I can certainly see a central midfield role for him, though, hopefully. Um, a real dark horse sign in the off-season was uh, Guilherme Finkler from Brazil. And looking at some of the pre-season games that he's been involved in, he seems to have combined really well with Marcos Flores, and that's really exciting for... Um, for the victory, so hopefully they could get a combination similar to what sort of Partaloo and and Broish have at the Raw, and if they can do that, then they're gonna, you know, go go from strength to strength. The victory this year, obviously, Ange worked miracles at Brisbane um, when he first came in. I certainly think he's going to turn victory around long term. In regards to what they're going to do this year, I can see them in the top four uh, comfortably. They will need. Uh, a regular goal scorer, essentially. I mean, they've, they've recruited really well in the midfield. They haven't recruited a great deal up front. They're going to still be relying on Archie Thompson to score the uh, the majority of their goals, you would think. If Thompson has a good season, if Thompson stays injury-free, and if he sort of rediscovers some of his, some of his form from previous seasons in the A-League, then I certainly expect them to be, to be challenging. Um, and it's obviously a long-term project there with Postacoglu um, coming in. So... We'll hope to see. Um, we'll hope to see what he does this year. Uh, to the first of our teams, who's made a really high-profile signing in the off-season, Newcastle Jets. Obviously, it was announced Emil Heskey's come in uh, recently, which is um, it's a huge signing for the A League uh, and and great for the Newcastle Jets fans. Obviously, they've they've made a huge list of signings here. Actually, um, they've got Ribeiro from Albania, Ritter. Uh, Joss Mitchell, Birrigitte, Mitch Cooper, James Brown from Gold Coast United, who's a great signing, although I do think he uh, is undergoing some injury concerns at the moment. Um, in regards to their outs, they've they've released Topol Stanley, Elrich, Abbas, a lot of these guys have gone uh, elsewhere in the A-League. Brocky's returned to Wellington, Haliti's released, he's been picked up by Western Sydney. Uh, Casey Weirman, uh, Chris Payne, Francis Jeffers are all gone. Um... The Jets, you would you'd expect them to be competitive, especially with the signing of ML Heskey. I think Heskey is going to be great for that squad. It's a it's a it's a really young squad. Newcastle Jets have they, especially in regards to their imports this year. They brought in a lot of young players, and they're going to be quite an exciting lineup. They've got a lot of uh, agile, quick young players in there. I think a person like ML Heskey is going to bring a couple of things to the Jets. He's going to bring he's going to bring a huge amount of experience both internationally and domestically obviously um, he's also going to bring uh, a lot of those players into the game in regards to his playing style he's a big guy who likes to play up front ball to feet uh, and bring those sort of nimbler quicker players into the game uh, with layoffs and what what 
what uh, what have you. So I certainly think it's an astute signing uh, from the Jets, uh, both off the field and on the field. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. In regards to how they're going to go this year, I mean, I think they're probably going to be similar to Melbourne Heart in regards to challenging for uh, the top six, around that fifth, sixth, seventh area. Look, if if Heskey has a, a bumpy year and can start knocking in some goals as well as assisting a lot of these young players, then who knows, they could be challenging for top four. But at this point, um, I might hold off on that prediction just, just until I see what Heskey sort of does on field. So we'll, we'll wait and see there. Our next team is Perth Glory. Uh, Perth Glory have recruited reasonably well. They've brought in Zara. They've signed Michael Thwaite from the Gold Coast. Um, Chris Harold, Nick Ward, Brendan O'Neill. Obviously, they were last year's losing grand finalists in quite controversial circumstances. Uh, um, their fans will tell you. Going out was McClanahan, Josh Mitchell, Adam Taggart, uh, Scott Neville. Andre Zinho has been released, uh, who was one of their more exciting players or one of their more flamboyant players last year, I thought. And Sakura has retired. Now, Perth have got the, the makings of a really strong squad there. And obviously last season, uh, Coach Ian Ferguson was under a lot of pressure, especially early in last season, um, obviously coming from North Queensland. A lot of the Perth Glory fans were on his back quite early uh, in regards to the underperforming, or what they saw as underperforming from the team. He sort of redeemed himself a little bit there by getting into that grand final and coming so close to actually winning it. Um, so I think they've got a really good squad there. And they, with the acquisitions they've made, with people like Michael Thwaite and Scott Jamison coming in, um, that's only going to bolster the squad they already have. If if Shane Smeltz uh, continues to fire, if Liam Miller has a season similar to what he did last year and Jacob Burns continues to be his uh, his aggressive and, and annoying self in central midfield there, then I can certainly see them um, being right up there again in the top three. Um, and certainly the Perth fans will have expectations of that this year given what they've done last year. So it's probably going to be a bit of a second-year syndrome for uh, Ian Ferguson in regards to seeing if he can emulate what he has done uh, in the previous season with Perth Glory. But um, exciting times for that club. Sydney FC is our next team. Again, they've made some huge signings in the off-season, especially in the attacking department. They've brought in... uh, Obviously, the biggest signing of the of the off season with Alessandro Del Piero signing from Juventus. Um, some of the uh, lesser known signings they've made: they've brought in uh, Yairo Yao from uh, Panama. They brought in Luvrecht um, from the Chinese Super League. Adam Griffiths was an early signing they made. They brought in Fabio from Melbourne Victory. Ali Abbas from the Jets. Mitch Malia um, was picked up. Well, he's been promoted. He did play a couple of games last year, but he has uh, been promoted to the first squad, first team squad this year. Um, Petrovsky, likewise, and uh, Hadjik Ligor from the youth as well. Now, in terms of outs, Nick Nick Carr went... Uh, he's on loan in the UAE. He sort of um, went in that move, which was speculated for uh, Eric Partaloo, but it ended up being Nick Carr signed by uh, the Banias Sports Club in UAE. Uh, Mark Bridge is gone. Beecham's gone to Western Sydney. Kazarine's released. Cole... Um, Scott Jamison, obviously, we mentioned, has gone to Perth Glory. Carol Kissel's gone back to the Czech Republic. Uh, Michaela's gone to Finland, and Liam Reddy has been released. Now, Sydney FC, as uh, as an entity on field this year, you would expect them to be uh, performing as a finals team, especially with the signing of Del Piero. Now, obviously, we, we understand the impact Del Piero's had off the field already this year, but, I mean... 
we'll, time will tell what sort of impact he will have on the field. I still think he's going to be a fantastic player. I mean, up until the end of last season, he was he was playing and performing for Juventus uh, in the Italian Serie A. So I certainly think he's still going to be up to the standard of the Hyundai A-League. I think if he um, can create and can get on the score sheet occasionally and set up um, men like Lovrecht and Malia, um, then certainly they're going to have they're going to have a great season. Um, I would expect them if all those players fire to be in the top four as well or up up amongst that top four. Now, obviously, we can't have all these eight teams in the top four as I'm suggesting, but um, they all certainly have the potential to be up there. It's a really close season this year in the A League uh, in regards to the ability of all the all the rosters. Um, Ian Crook, obviously the coach this year, uh, it, it, he's a bit untested in the A-League. I mean, he hasn't been out of the game um, at all in the last decade, but it has been a while between his uh, top coaching jobs. One thing I do hope Sydney don't fall into the trap of is playing two defensive midfields. I'd hate for them to um, sort of ruin the attacking talent which they have by sort of stacking uh, that defensive area of midfield. I mean, there's been talk of... Uh, Terry McFlynn and also um, Terry Antonis starting beside each other in the central defensive midfield there. Now, that only leaves probably a couple of positions for uh, the flair players like Del Piero, like uh, Louvrec, like uh, like Malia, and all these sort of players who they expect um, and goal a lot of goals and assists from. So it's interesting to see how they're going to set up, fitting those players into the lineup. I think... Del Piero is going to be deployed as a number 10 at this point. I think he'll be given a say in regards to where he thinks he'll be most effective, but I I see him at this point sitting in that number 10 role just behind uh, a striker or hopefully a couple of strikers um, for Sydney. And um, as I said, if they, if they can if they can all perform uh, as expected or up to their potential, then they're certainly going to be there or thereabouts this year. Next uh, preview is the Wellington Phoenix, another club who always seems to fly under the radar. They've picked up a few people in off-season. They've picked up Ricardo Clark, who's on a loan from um, from Panama. They've signed uh, a player by the name of Husagems from Belgium, a striker. They've got Lewis Fenton, who's a youth player who they've promoted, who has just been lighting it up in the uh, in the preseason. They've also signed uh, Michael Boxall from the Vancouver Whitecaps in the MLS. Brocky's obviously come over from Newcastle Jets. Uh, Glenn Moss returns to the homeland from Gold Coast United, and they've also picked up Benjamin Tatori, who's actually a Solomon Island striker and who's just been tearing it up over there. So um, they've got a, they've signed a few good attacking uh, attacking players there. In terms of their outs, they've let Chris well, Chris Greenacres retired. He's actually now assistant coach to um, the, for the Wellington Phoenix. They've got Nick Ward um, gone to Perth Glory. They've released Daniel Tony Warner's been released, and Tim Brown has retired. Um, the Phoenix. I mean, I saw an interview with Paul, Paul Eiffel the other day saying that they are always sort of underrated. I don't think uh, the Phoenix would have it any other way, and I think um, I think they love being the underdogs, and I think they love being underrated, um, and they always seem to punch above their weight, although the squad that they have now is quality, and, and you would expect them to be up there. Um, they're always such a difficult team to beat at home in Wellington, especially for teams like Perth, who are coming from so far away. Um, it's such a mission to get there and, you know, to, to rock up and then put up a good performance on the park is often quite difficult. Um, last season, they, they travelled a lot better than they have done in previous seasons, which is why they, they made finals football, obviously. Uh, this year, again, I expect them to be up there. They've got... They've still got all their quality players. I mean, they've still got your poor rifles um, and so on. So I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. I think they're probably going to be... They may fall into the category of uh, the Hart and the Jets again around those... Uh, 
sixth, seventh position. So there's going to be a, bit, a real final squeeze on this year to see um, who is going to make that top six. Our final preview for today is the Western Sydney Wanderers. Obviously, the A-League's new boys. I'm not going to run through all of their acquisitions. Obviously, being a new club, they're all new acquisitions. Um, a few high-profile ones. Obviously, the one announced um, a couple of days ago was Shinji Ono, signed from Japan. Um, he's their marquee player, obviously coached by Tony Popovich this year. I'm really impressed with the Wanderers' acquisitions, actually. I was a little bit underwhelmed initially in the off-season when they started signing these players from you know Sydney FC and Newcastle Jets, um, who I saw as a bit underwhelming for what you know they they was should have been really aspiring to. But some of their pickups recently have been have been really astute and really quality. Someone like uh, Yusef Hersey, who's been signed from Cyprus and has got a lot of European experience, is is a great signing. Obviously, Ono speaks for himself. That's going to make um, the A League or put the A League on the radar in Japan, absolutely, if not uh, more so than it already is. Um, they've also picked up. You know, um, La Rocca from from Switzerland, another Italian. So, I think they're going to be more than competitive in their first season. I d- I don't think they're going to be challenging the top the top teams in the competition, but I think Popovich has a really good idea of what he's trying to do. Obviously, being a Western Sydney boy himself, he he understands um, the importance of that club to the area. He understands the importance of that club to those people who were perhaps disillusioned by um, the sort of silver spoon. Uh, Sydney FC or the Bling FC, um, he understands the differentiation between those two, and I think he is really creating identity for Western Sydney. I think they're going to be hard to beat. I think they've proved that in pre-season, and um, I think they're going to outperform a lot of people's expectations this year, especially if Ono starts to fire, um, along with um, players like Aaron Moy, who's also come back from overseas. Um, Look, as a, in terms of a predict, prediction, they have the potential easily to be to be top six. Um, whether they will be or not is is another question. Now, I'd probably have them around the seventh or eighth, perhaps just missing out on finals football this year. But again, if players like Shinji Ono, Aaron Moy start to fire, if Hersey and uh, and the Rocker can start getting on the score sheet also and setting up some assists, then they certainly could sneak into that top six. But um, Western Sydney Wanderers, I think they'll be a great addition to the comp. And um, long may they, long may they survive. So that that concludes our uh, A League team previews for the year. I apologise for the briefness, but um, obviously with no one here to uh, chat with me today, then I was trying to keep it as brief as possible. Looking ahead at this uh, this weekend's games, the season kicks off this Friday night, October fifth with the Melbourne Derby at uh, 7.30 at Etihad Stadium. Victory versus Hart. That's going to be an absolutely huge game. Obviously, Victory, uh, first game under Ange Postacoglu. Hart, first game under John Aloisi. Both clubs with a lot of great new signings. It'll be interesting just to see the structures uh, and the shape and the players both uh, both coaches deploy so we can get a good sort of a grasp on the season ahead. I can see a huge crowd down there uh, for the Victory versus the Hart. Um Obviously, very passionate fans for both of those clubs. Um, and Etihad Stadium will be absolutely rocking Friday night. In regards to a prediction for that, I think um, victory may just have the edge. So Hart could certainly steal it, but I, I see a, a win for the victory. Um, I think Flores, Finkler, Thompson will probably have too much for them. Um, I see it uh, as a 2-1 or a 1-0. A very narrow victory for Melbourne victory. Uh, the Saturday games this week, we have Wellington Phoenix versus Sydney FC in Wellington. Um, that's a tough first trip for Alessandro Del Piero and his teammates there, travelling to Wellington. 
Um, that one kicks off at uh, 7.30 local time, so it'll be uh, about 5.30 here in Australia. Um, again, as I said, the Phoenix are very difficult to beat at home, so that's going to be a tough trip for Sydney, especially with their first game under Ian Crook. Um, they've got that attacking talent, which they're trying to slot in. This week may be a good week for them to deploy those two central midfielders, as I was sort of poo-pooing earlier. Um, I think that's going to be really close. I think the Phoenix may just get over the line there just from home advantage alone. Um, but I think things will brighten up for Sydney uh, in week two when they get to travel home and uh, unveil Alessandro uh, at um, Allianz Stadium. The second Saturday game is Western Sydney Wanderers versus Central Coast Mariners. That will be a brilliant uh, game. Obviously, Western Sydney making their A-League debut up against last season's losing semi-finalists. Um, that should be a close game again. As I said, Western Sydney are going to make themselves hard to beat. Um, and I, I think they're going to come out and attack. I don't, I don't see them as sitting back and sort of playing for a draw there at all. I think, you know, that's not what the team's about. It's not what the, uh, the area is about that they, uh, that they're representing. So I think they're really going to come out and have a go. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a draw there, just because there's a lot of new additions for Central Coast as well. And um, I think Western Sydney can get uh, at least a point out of Central Coast Mariners there this week, which will be good to see. The Sunday games, we've got Newcastle Jets versus Adelaide United at Newcastle. Um, Adelaide United are just going through an absolutely nightmare schedule at the moment with the Asian Champions League. Um, they're travelling to uh, Bunjungkor, let me get it right, um, for their, obviously, their Asian Champions League quarterfinal second leg. Um, how that affects them uh, in these first few weeks of the A-League remains to be seen. I mean, they're all more than match fit, the Adelaide United players, because of that involvement in the uh, ACL over the off-season. But at the same time, I mean, there's only, much, uh, there's only so much travel and so many games you can play before it starts to take a toll on you. Um, Adelaide United have certainly got the better squad depth there, I would suggest, especially people like uh, uh, Jitte, Van Dijk, uh, Vitasic are on form, and a few of their new imports, uh, Geronimo and Karuska and so... Um, Newcastle Jets will obviously be unveiling ML Heskey. Um, I'm not sure whether Heskey will start. He obviously arrived in Australia very late after his signing, so I wouldn't be surprised if they bring Heskey off the bench there. Um, but he could certainly come on and have an impact against Adelaide. So I think Newcastle Jets may just steal that one at home just based on uh, Adelaide United's involvement uh, in the ACL. and Maybe their minds are a little bit elsewhere. And also, it's, I think it's a big occasion for the Jets playing at home with uh, ML playing in his first game. So a narrow victory to the Jets there. Our final game of the round is on uh, Sunday also, Sunday afternoon. Perth Glory versus Brisbane Raw in Perth. That kicks off at 2, 2 uh, p.m. local time, so it's going to be 5 o'clock here on the East Coast. Um, obviously a grand final replay, probably the most anticipated first-round clash, along with the Melbourne Derby. Um, obviously a lot of passion, a lot of, uh, a lot of controversy um, from the grand final last year. Perth Glory will certainly be looking for revenge over Brisbane um, in regards to what they saw as an unjust grand final victory. Brisbane will be, um, you know, on the road for their first game of the round. Now, the thing which concerns me here is that Perth may let their uh, emotions get the better of them. I don't think Ian Ferguson will want that. I don't think he will uh, let that happen, but there is the possibility that Perth could see this more of a revenge game as opposed to a great opportunity to open the uh, to open the account with three points. So, I mean, Brisbane are going to be solid. They're going to know what they're going to go there to do. Um, I think Brisbane are going to go there for a bit of a smash and grab. I can't I can't see them scoring more than one or two goals. But at the same time, if Perth sort of let their focus drift to uh, 
what they see as the injustices of the grand final last year, then certainly um, they they could be in for a beating. So it's going to be close again. I mean, all the games are going to be close this round. All the games are going to be close this season. But I I think a draw is probably on offer just because I think Brisbane Raw would probably be satisfied with a first round draw over in Perth. And at the same time, I think Perth are going to be uh, perhaps a little, little disciplined or perhaps, perhaps a little unfocused in regards to um, what happened in the grand final last year. So that concludes our um, our preview of the A-League teams and also a preview of the Round 1 matches. As I said, Talking Ball, we will have guests on in the coming weeks to discuss all the upcoming A-League news and all the upcoming uh, A-League fixtures. We will ask a question each week. This this week's question is... Um, I read an article suggesting that Andrew Durante in an interview on Fox Sports has suggested that Emil Heskey will score more goals this season than Alessandro Del Piero. Now, I want to know your opinion on that. Who do you think will score more goals in the Hyundai A-League this year? Do you think it will be Alessandro Del Piero for Sydney FC? Or do you think it will be Emil Heskey of Newcastle Jets? You can vote on that on the Talking Ball Facebook page. Just search for Talking Ball. Um, and I will um, certainly have a question up there, and would love to hear your input about uh, that question. Um, from me, Ben Cameron, this week, that is all. Thank you for tuning into the first episode. Please tell your friends about this podcast. I would love more listeners. I would love more interest, um, and I look forward to uh, tickling your ears with my uh, with my nonsense again last uh, next week. So thank you very much, guys. But from me and Talking Ball, over and out.